This episode of the podcast is brought to you by a disclaimer. The thoughts and views of the people in this podcast do not represent the opinions or beliefs of 91BTV as a whole. We are not affiliated with any political party or belief and do not promote ourselves to be. We understand this is a difficult time and topic for all of us, but we think that it's important to share this. For more information, email us at itscoronatime at 91BTV.com. It's bigger than black and white. It's a problem with the whole way of life. It can't change overnight. Hello people of the world and podcast fam, my name is Kevin Jackson and welcome to the 8th episode of It's Corona Time. It's uh, great to be back here again and of course we have a special guest with us tonight and that is AJ, I have him introduce himself. Hello, I'm Alexander Ono, I go by AJ, Um, happy to be here, happy to have a conversation. Most definitely, most definitely, man. Hey, thank you um, for being on here, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, man, in real life and on Zoom. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Most definitely. I was, so, so I was, uh, I was talking to some high school friends about uh, like your kickbacks, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, like going over to Kevin's house is dope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go over there and. Uh, we have like real conversations about just like real life. And I think that's like really dope that you're able to provide that space. So when I saw you doing a little podcast, I was like, yeah, let me check that out. Let me check that out. Cause you know, I like having, I like having a conversation. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no. So I just do it for the people, man. And bring everybody back and, you know, just to, 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 to have our different perspectives in that and just to like talk. That's, that's just great. You know? Mm. How has uh, the shutdown been affecting you, like, personally, mentally, physically, whatever? Like, coronavirus or uh, or in terms of, like, the protest stuff? Uh, like well, shutdown? yeah, coronavirus, and then we'll get into the protest yeah. stuff. Yeah, know, most like, definitely. The shutdown has had an effect on a lot of people. Yeah, most definitely. So, like, I would say, like, at first, when everything started to shut down, it was probably, like, the Tuesday before, like, the, it was Tuesday, which was the day before, um, school was like, hey, we're going online. Um, I figured out that all these other colleges, UCs were going online. And I was like, man, this is, this is big. Like this, I, I, I knew that coronavirus is about to change the landscape. It was about to change the platform of like, like the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, cause we saw that was happening in Italy and we were like, yeah, that sucks for them. But like, it's not going to happen here. You know, we were so like, it's them, us mentality, you know, they're having that problem at us. Then, uh, that Tuesday changed everything. So I knew that, you know, everything was going to be shut down. I was going to be have to stay at home, you know. And the next day on Wednesday, school was like, yeah, um, everything's going to be online until uh, until after spring break. I knew that was going to be online for, the, you know, until the end of the semester. But then it's drawn out to the end of the year. So it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a tall thing, you know. Stop, you know, church shut down. It was only online. Work, you know, followed me. So I knew things was happening and. At first, um, I was just like, okay, let me just be cooped up in the house. You know, I'm, I'm kind of glad for this extra time. I'm like, for the, probably for the first three weeks, I was like, yes, extra time. I could do things, you know, put my time to passion projects. You know, I started this podcast. And then as it starts to wane, you know, in, you know, in late April, early May, I can kind of feel, you know, getting a little bit bored of, you know, watching everything on YouTube. You know, I finally got Netflix back, but I kind of got tired of it, you know. But, you know... You can feel those things starting to take a toll on you. When the protesters were protesting on in Rancho, you know, and, and all these other places the count the against the you know coronavirus restrictions, I was like, nah, y'all can't be doing that because 
it's gonna just raise the cases and we're gonna have be ha- being here longer but on the flip side i was like i feel you i do want to go places <laughs> you know i want to i want to leave the house um but then i just started to just um you know digging into the passion projects you know i started to facetime some i guess for the first two months i facetimed somebody new every day which is mm-hmm. crazy just have a conversation and talk to them to keep my you know um my like relationships up um and uh now at the end of May, I was like, things are slowly backing, opening back up. Church is opening back up. Um, you know, work is having some people come back. And then, boom, all of a sudden, we got a black man killed in the streets. And everybody is out here protesting. And that just really, like, it, it flipped It flipped the, It flipped my mindset from, you know, coronavirus to, I mean, I'm still wearing masks, you know, still being safe, seeing six feet apart, but now focusing on, like, oh, shoot. This is this is something that's been affecting African Americans for f- over four hundred years, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of racism and discrimination. And this police brutality is just another one of these things that are going on, you know, uh, especially a black man being killed. You know, I didn't watch the video. I did not watch the video because I told myself, hey, I don't think I want to see any more of these videos with black men being killed, with black men being abused, you know, in a, uh, you know out here. Um, but seeing how big that this protest got, and well, not just a protest, but just seeing how angry people got and how much attention is brought finally to, to the surface of like the general American public. Because at first, the movement was like, uh, we don't really, it's like, uh, yeah, Black Lives Matter, like people getting killed on the streets. It don't really matter. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. it, it happens, but like, it's not really affecting me and my life. So why should I care? Yeah, yeah. And then now, Boom, you've seen everybody out here and people being canceled left and right for the remarks and things things are getting crazy. See, so one just... of the things one of the things that I noticed first, um, because the beginning of this year started really weird. You know, Kobe died in January and then like the COVID shutdown thing, and then we had we had uh the Arbery death that happened first. And then, like, I think it was a week later, we had George Floyd's death, and then everyone started going crazy. I'm not usually a person that dives into conspiracies or anything like that, but it's just weird when I see, hmm, why is the mainstream media jumping on certain things, you know? Mm-hmm. Because when I'm no, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm no Trump follower. I understand he's a big yeah. race, he's all these things. I'm not a Trump follower, but. You know, when he says fake news, I'm like, why would he say that? Hmm. Okay. What is fake news? I recognize that Fox is very, you know, bigoted. Well, not bigoted, but like, it's very biased. And I recognize CNN and I look at the mainstream media and they're both saying something is bad with regards to this George Floyd death. That's when I, that's when I get concerned because Hmm. if they're uniting on something, hmm, what's at play here? And I don't know if other people look at this like that, but do you think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, for the last four years, what was it? When was the last, like, I think big death that, I think it might've been in 2014 with, uh, or, I'm not sure what you specifically, with Eric, yeah, Eric Garner mm-hmm. with the I Can't Breathe. That was the last time that we really got like upset and was doing something since well, then. I will say like 2017 of, in Charlottesville. I'll say that was nah, probably big. It, no, you didn't think that was big? Oh, okay. No, no, no. It was big on Twitter. I ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> it was big on Twitter. Twitter's a little bit bigger. 
Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is the microcosm of America. And I literally just got back on it for coronavirus and now seeing like George Floyd and all these other people come forward and all these other black deaths and all these other like sexual, you know, abuse and molestation, like all this coming to the surface on Twitter. I'm like, man, the mainstream media and people ain't talking about this too. And some of it is just really toxic. And I'm like, I just got to be off of Twitter for, for, for some time, you know, oh, coming yeah. up soon. Cause it's really, it really affects me, but um, yeah, yeah continue Twitter. on that. Mainstream. I got off Twitter the towards the end of I think 2018 mm-hmm. because I noticed the behavior difference in myself. I noticed that like I was frustrated all the time. I started seeing things instead of seeing the gray in things, I would see just black and white. white either you yeah. this or you're that. You know, either you hate me or you love me. You know, you're racist or you're with it. You know, all these different things. And you like when you talk to people, when you are actually in these environments, you realize it's a lot grayer than we think. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of understanding and, and Twitter, Twitter really feeds into that. So I know that I know that there's some things that are really big on Twitter, but the rest of the world doesn't care about Twitter. It's nope. Twitter. And um, when I, I thought things were just very oddly aligned, very perfectly, because black people have been dying by police. It hasn't stopped. So why did they cherry pick this instance? Doesn't it just seem like a perfect storm of things to happen where they shut down everything? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me continue. continue. (laughs) Uh, They they shut down everything, right? They know everybody's inside. Um, They they get a rise with the with the Arbery killing first. That that there's dissension on either side. Some people are saying, "Oh, it was deserved." Some people are saying, "Oh, well, he's he's black man." And then the George Floyd death comes up, and then there's nothing you can balance, and that's broadcasted everywhere everywhere that to me is suspicious the mainstream media yeah they want you know clicks and stuff like that but they all they all got agendas so i'm thinking (laughs) like why are they why is this what's being broadcast why you know why didn't we hear about you know uh philando castile why wasn't that one super big in the news why wasn't you know other why why was this specific one and then uh, you know the protest started and i'm with I'm with the direction that we need change. Um, I hate the fact that I have to keep continuously seeing it, like people getting killed by the police and it hurts my heart, like it aches. But at the same time, I don't know that we're going about this in the most purposeful and the most directed um, way possible. Because, and we were talking about that, where it's like, you protest, you riot, you scream, you do all these things to get attention, to get awareness so that more people know, hey, this is a problem. You know, when it, when a kid is, is hungry or tired, it throws a tantrum because there's a reason behind it. Okay, so we recognize a reason, but now what do you want? What do you want as, as, a, as black people, as this and that? What does that want? And what does that look like in legislation? What does that look like on paper? You know, when people say they want change, does that mean protesting or does that mean sitting in on a town meeting, town hall meeting? Does that mean having meetings with your local sheriffs, your local officers, or does that just mean protesting in the street? You know, does that mean voting for certain government? I mean, uh, sharing a hashtag, you know, and when I, when, when I see all these people protesting, I'm like, I don't know how serious you are because it's easy to go to a protest when you see thousands of your friends doing it. You know, when you, when you know it's the right thing to do on social media, but 
if you're going to end that real change, it starts, it starts in the books. It starts in legislation. It starts in, you know, educating yourself on what's real. And I don't see nobody doing that. I, I don't see nobody doing that. And this has been a, the problem with the Black Lives Matter movement since its inception. It started out really great, but who are our leaders? Who are the leaders? I don't know their names. And I shouldn't have to dive into a bunch of research to know their names. When we talk about the 60s movements, we know we had two main leaders, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. There wasn't any like confusion as to, as to you know who they were i don't know the leaders now i don't know i don't know what our agenda is i don't know what our goals are other than let's let's get let's stop getting people killed so until that happens it's hard for me it's hard for me to align that and maybe maybe that's my call to like you know do that myself and i have to ask my but I, at the same time i don't feel like I, I feel like that's not my purpose my purpose is to challenge people's minds so when we say when we're saying you know fuck the police fuck twelve and all that stuff, I question people's motive because I'm like, do you really want peace, or do you want to just say, no nah, fuck you? Because, and here's here's one thing, and, it, and I've said this before, and people don't listen to me, but police officers, as much as they have a super big responsibility, and when you sign up, you you are taking an oath to protect the community. Mm-hmm they are human beings too. And like it or true, not, true. if you get in a human being's face and you are acting a certain way, I'm gonna assume that you hate me. I'm assuming you're the enemy. And when, when if I'm, if I'm, listen, and one of the things that I've, I keep hearing is that there are no good cops, there are no good cops. If there's good cops, where are they? If there's good cops, where are they? Okay, valid point. We see all, all these killings on TV. I understand that. We see that all the time. But when I when I hear when I because I talk to police officers when I hear police officers of color police officers that are from these communities and they say I joined so I can make a difference I believe them I believe them you know why I believe them because all police officers have this stigma that they're pigs they're this they're that they're traitors mm -hmm. they doing all this why would you even join so they know this going into that especially being people because they're going to be looked at like traitors so when they say i joined to make a difference i believe them and when we're saying fuck to fuck to fuck to it's like how do i decide between making a difference starting from you know you, you making a difference in the system versus like being on the side with my people because if i'm wearing this badge they see me as the enemy you know how how do, how do we figure that out and i think I think we need to be able to empower though. Obviously, there's bad cops. There's gonna be bad people everywhere, you know? And I, I don't wanna sound like those all lives matter, blue lives matter people, because they don't get it. They don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Yeah, look, that is annoying to hear. That's annoying to hear. But if there are good cops, which there are, just there has to be, how do we show them we got their back so that we can help them weed out the bad ones? Because if it's just fuck everyone, then if I'm if I if I join this to to try to do good, I have the opposition of the bad cops against me. I have the opposition of my own people against me. How am I gonna feel empowered to make an actual change? We need to figure out, we need to have these conversations with these cops. We need to have and I don't mean at a protest where the pretense is opposition. You are my opposition. I'm I mean 
having a real conversation with Sotham is when, when all this stuff dies down, who's going to have those real conversations with these police officers and say, I want to understand you because it's not fuck 12. It, it's, it's not fuck anyone. We are people. We're all human beings and we need to figure out how to work together because when, when you, we start looking at a badge as the identifier, as an enemy, we risk doing the exact same thing that they do to us. They see our skin color, they assume we're this, they assume we're that, they assume that's why they're in attack mode. And if we do the exact same thing with cops, if all we see is a badge and a gun and we're saying you're the enemy, how are we ever gonna find an understanding? How are we ever gonna find that middle ground? And I like to just challenge people's thinking. I'm not really a leader in saying, let's do this, let's do that. Maybe I should be, but I don't think anyone's going about this the right way right now. And Nobody really wants to hear that. They don't want to hear that. They just want you to, you know, hold your fist and say Black Lives Matter. And I think that's cool. That's cute. But let's move forward from that now. We're being heard around the world. No more need for awareness. It's time for action. Dang, man. That's a lot. Yeah. I got, I got some. <laughs> that's a lot. I got some points, though. I got some points. I think you brought up four main things. If I can remember them, I'm going to go through them real quick <laughs> and counter and agree with some of them. So with the first thing about the conspiracy, I just, I mostly think, I don't know, I, I guess I have a really positive outlook, but I just think that most people are opportunistic, that they don't really go out here, like, they really don't go out here, like, you know, wanting to cause damage or wanting to cause widespread things. I just yeah. feel like they're just taking advantage of different situations. So with the George Floyd thing, I don't think it was... I mean, I, I believe that all of it was real, you know? that You know, it was like a 17-year-old girl that took a video of the officer, you know, putting the knee... You know, so, like... Mm. And the officer had prior records of, you know, of, you know, abuse in his power. So I, I personally believe that was real, but it affects so many people because that's the first time somebody has seen that happen for such a long period of time, like eight minutes and 46 seconds. I don't think we've seen, I mean, I don't even know if, um, if um, Eric Gardner was that long, you know, I, 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 I don't know, but them seeing that video and having all this happen previously can start about, you know, this, 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 you know, these protests, this movement. And I, I'll always thought, like I talked about in the last podcast, I always thought that something was going to happen. Like, mm. I don't know if it was going to be this, like, happening, but there was some, something was going to happen that caused people to revolt or caused people to protest because they've been cooped up in that house for three months, you know? It, it, something was bound to happen, but I just feel like they're using it as a, I mean, that is, you, this is an opportunity for us to do it. I mean, not saying that yeah. it's, it's bad, mm. but just saying that that's why so many other news media have covered it. But and uh, second to that, they've also been covering more of the riots than the also than the protests. You know, looking at the looters and the you know rioters, saying that oh, this is a bad. You know, more focusing on the bad than good. So I mean, so that that's just what they what they usually do anyway. With but that's what I'm. But understand that that's what I'm saying. Why do you think that is? So real quick, we know because of Twitter that these things have not stopped happening. Every once in a while, you hear it. Like retweet this, retweet this. This cannot go unnoticed, and these mm -hmm. things have been happening. But CNN ain't always picking up these things. We know that Fox News ain't always picking up these things. We know that. That's why we use Twitter because that's a direct communication between mm -hmm. ourselves. I challenge why they decided to make this one as big as it is. 
that's my thing. I'm like, why is it that this, and you could say, we haven't seen the eight minutes and 46 seconds. We haven't seen this type of thing, but you know, I've I, I seen some worse stuff. <laughs> I've seen some worse stuff. That's where, true. you know, somebody's like running away. I, like that Philando Castile situation was like, he literally did nothing wrong. He wasn't even suspected. He just got pulled over. He literally said, mm-hmm. you know, I have a license gun. I'm getting this, I'm getting that. And then they shot him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> he literally told you, like, to me, that was different. And that wasn't nearly as broadcasted as George Floyd. Thing. So when I talk about, you know, I may I, I don't like to say conspiracy. I think it's coincidence. So when you learn, Could, when you oh, learn yeah. how yeah, these exactly. media companies work, how these news companies work, the people who own them, there's only like five companies in the world, and they own pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney owns Fox News, and they own, uh, you know, CNN. They own. I, I I don't know if that's completely accurate. Fact check me on that. But they there's these CNN, companies that they own, own ABC and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, Disney yeah, yeah. Does, yeah, yeah. They own. A I think Warner Bros. owns CNN, and that's like AT and T technically now. Yeah, so many little companies own so much of, right. of the media that we see. I mean, because they filter everything too. So have you have you seen this the the show Succession? I have not. You should watch it. It's about this like super rich billion dollar family. They own um like a large chunk of the media game, like in newspapers, you know, news stations and stuff like that. And one of the things that like is pretty controversial is like the head honcho guy I forgot logan um he gets to just uh say um here we'll put this story out there and see how it happens you know see what happens and put this story out there we gotta we gotta manipulate the stocks we gotta manipulate stock price and he will put just a story out there and he has the power to do so because he owns these companies and then it has this chain reaction of events where it's just like okay so that's what I'm questioning. When I I know this because I recognize that these people in power, they they have the ultimate say on what we see, what we share, and things like that. So when I see this George Floyd thing and it's so it becomes so big, I get I have questions as to what the agenda is. And then you talk about they're showing the riots, they're showing the police brutality and things, they're showing all these things. I don't know that the mainstream media wants peace. I don't think that's accurate. I think they want this division because they want to start a riot. They want to start, you know, a fight. They want to start a civil war. They want oh. to start mm-hmm. all these other things. So it's like, I think it's just very, I think it's very divisive to keep broadcasting because to say that all, all of these protests are ending up in riots, like, come on, all of them, all of them. I haven't seen so many of their broadcasting where the, if it was all of them, look, yeah, uh, that would be totally different. But I don't see CNN praising these are the peaceful protests. I'm sure they have at some point, but that's not what gets hit. What gets hit is, you know, you see the, the officers pepper spraying and uh, tear gas and harmless civilians who are just trying to protest the natural light and ooh, police officers so brutal. Oh my gosh, we need change. And I'm like, yes, we do need change. But I went to a protest uh, and it was super chill. It was super chill. There was a police presence there. They were there, but they weren't antagonizing. They weren't even there on the front lines. It was just, we're here in case things get out, out of hand. They're, they were, you know, there are peaceful protests. And I think it's very negligent of these news media companies to say there's looters, there's writers. Yes, those things are happening, but let's, 
instead of just doing that or putting an emphasis on that, let's cover things for what they are. There have been way more peaceful protests than there have been violent ones, okay? There have been way more peaceful protests. And if there were really as many violent ones as they say, we would be a lot closer to being at war than, than what we think. Because mm -hmm. when I do talk to people, when I have real conversations, you realize like there's a certain level of understanding that needs to occur. It's just that we don't understand the people. We don't understand who our enemy is because we just think it's everyone who is who doesn't agree with us. There's no conversations anymore. It's not how true. Many, yeah. How many times do we have real conversations with our enemies? You know, mm -hmm. so that we can understand them. It it you know it don't it, it just it, it don't make it's what a lot of stuff that's going on don't don't make too sense too much mm -hmm. sense to me. You know? I think the second point now with that is I don't I don't necessarily believe that it's a conspiracy, but I, be, I believe that it's a theory. I've been watching, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, like clips of it. It's too long, sometimes two hours and thirty minutes. But I actually watched this one podcast that he just had last week, and he had the host of The Rising by the Hill by the Hill TV on them on his podcast okay. and yo they broke it yo it's like a bipartisan podcast so we got like one like it was really funny to me one immigrant republican and well conservative and then one like white <laughs> uh democrat liberal and like they okay, just go yeah, and, yeah they go at it and they talk mm -hmm. so they want to do a working podcast the other day and i literally watched all of the two hours and 30 minutes of it because it was so juicy it was so right it was so good and then I subscribed to the YouTube channel. I started watching, you know, what they got on there. And literally, they break it down to say that, you know, all of the corporations, all of the news media, you know, all, they all come together. And they, as, along with the, you know, political parties, they try and split us, you know, identity mm -hmm. politics along, you know, Republican or Democrat. And everybody's fighting over each other. And why they're too busy for that? And they're too busy fighting over each other to, to focus on the big threat, which is, the rich people, the capitalist society, then the 1% that owns everything, the 1% that controls everything, you know, that's really doing, you know, writing the bills in Congress, you know, to implement that really make the middle class and lower class suffer. I mean, that's one thing that Bernie, you know, was fighting for. And, you know, so it's but it's, it's just funny that like when I hear it and like they come and they state the the um their examples and they have the and they have the proof for like their beliefs and I was like yo that that actually kind of makes a little bit of sense now like they try and split us and start like wars you know over these over sometimes not this but sometimes over little things to try uh, so we can't work together to to see who the real enemy is to to actually improve our lives while we're improving theirs you know mm -hmm. so I, I think I think I think I think that's like something why. We focus that why the news media and how everybody focuses more on the negative of things than the positive, and then especially the riots and the looting right now. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of other cases that they didn't cover. Um, um, that's why I'm glad that they covered this one, you know, right now. And there is small little change happening, but usually they wait for us to fade out, for everything to phase out, you know. That, uh, that like, we won't be protesting for long. Yeah, only be a couple of times and we'll go back inside, you know. That's why there's, there's like, things coming up that could be seen as distractions. Like, the NBA starting up again. We got MLS that's starting again. We got football starting in August, end of July, you know. We got things coming up that can be distractions to hinder us from the real goals that we set forth. But, um, 
like, like, like you said, it's true that there's mixed messages. You know, there's um, there's mixed messages from all sorts of people. We got Minneapolis that's saying we're going to scrap the whole police department and put a whole new thing in. We got the L.A. city mayor that's like, hey, we're going to like defund the police, take 100, 100 to 150 million, which is only a really small part of the budget and promote that for um, for um, promote that for uh, uh, low income communities and uh, social mm-hmm. workers and stuff like that. So like this, there's, there's, there's different things happening, but it's all you know, it's split up, you know, it's not one unified message as we would like to have. Um, and, you know, I, I feel that's all because of social media, which is weird to say, is that like, there's no one person, everyone, like this movement now is one person, like each, each person is the, is doing their own leading. Each person is, is their own promoter, is their own influencer per se, right? There's no one central person like there was back then. So, but I think that I think that's good that the people are able to have a certain mindset of their own. But every great movement needs a clear cut leader. You cannot because it's not about the people who are smart enough to make those decisions on their own. It's about the people who don't know exactly what to do. It's about the people who are confused that they need to kind of just be told and directed. Not everyone's a leader. Sometimes people are, you know, they're like nose to the grindstone workers. And then you got your people who are the teachers and you got the people who everyone has a different role. And if you don't have a leader that can unify you and basically tell you what your role is so that you are helping in a way that's clear and concise, I think that's that's a little bit dangerous because now you just have an organization. Bless you. And this, you. for better or worse, this is a very unorganized movement. We have these goals, we have this and that, but, you know, uh, what, what, what is the future looking like? Like, what, what are, how are we mobilizing people to do things? You know, that, that's, my, that's, that's my concern. That's true, that's true. I, I do feel that. Because there's, it's just, it's so many different people that are leading it. And there's no one clear-cut message. There's not mm-hmm. one clear-cut reform that we want, that we all have of change. You know, there's defund, there's abolish. There's some people saying have it stay. You know, there's, there's different things going on. So That's part um, of the problem. Um, do you know who Rush Limbaugh is? Oh, the Rush presidential uh, medal of freedom guy from um, the st- <laughs> for the State of the Union when he got that. <laughs> yeah, Rush, Rush yeah, that guy. I, he, actually, I used to listen to him as a kid on really? KFI. As a kid, yeah, because I was only like my mom used to listen to KFI all the time. I was probably like mm-hmm. nine or something. But yeah, I never not much now. But yeah, he he had an interview with Charlemagne the God uh, in the Breakfast Club, and he was. Like it really helped me to, it really helped me to put into perspective. Like, oh, they 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 see us now. They see us now. Our job, when with regards to awareness, has been done with regards to awareness. Because when he said, "I I think these things are terrible," you, you should watch the interview if you have it. He's talking about, "I think these things are terrible," but now what? What does that look like? What does the future look like? And you know, I don't want to talk in circles too much, but. Um, 
I think we do need to figure out what that looks like. We need to sit on on these meetings and we need to demand legislation and we need to do those things if we want real change. But that takes a real amount of sacrifice. You know, that takes time, research, effort, resources. And I don't know that people really want that. I don't know if people want change so badly, they will redirect their whole life to, to enact it. You know, That's true. will you, will you, will you dedicate all of your off hours uh, of your job to sitting on an on the town hall meeting or studying a handbook or reading mm -hmm. certain laws and finding the loopholes and figuring out how to close them? Or are you just going to go to a protest on a weekend because you just want to show that you're part of the group? You want to show that Black Lives Matter, you want to show that there's solidarity. I don't, I don't listen to those people too much because I know what real sacrifice, what real hard work looks like, and I know how things get done. And this is not how things get done, straight up. Straight up, it's not how things get done. So I want I want to ask you how you view. I mean, what should we do to get things done? Um, but first, I want to say that on my part, I mean, the best thing that I mean, well, not best thing. One of the things that I have done would be voting. You know, there's a lot of young people that are saying we want change and we protest, but nobody really votes or nobody really like runs. To the, that a candidate that really supports our beliefs, you know, we have to pick the lesser of two evils, especially right now. But I mean, there's well, a lot of people that I hate that. There's no lesser of two evils. There's okay. an evil, and then there's an evil. And if you, to me, person, okay, because I didn't vote in 2016, and I probably mm. won't be voting again in 2020. And people used to. My dad got on me really hard, uh, and I was like, "Well, you don't understand. When you vote, you are tying your name to something." When people were voting, were saying, vote Hillary Clinton, vote Hillary Clinton, you know, we can't have him in office, you know, and stuff like that. I'm like, I get that y'all don't want him in office, but I am not voting for Hillary Clinton. Hillary, Hillary Clinton is just as bad, if not worse, than Donald Trump. It's just that, mm. yo, social political views align with his. And before you say, mm, let's recognize the things that uh, Hillary Clinton has done, okay? She has called us super predators. She has made sure that we get locked up. Three strikes, that's all all orchestrated by her and the Clintons. So when we talk about the lesser of two evils, which evils are we talking about here? We talking about the evils that 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 puts you at a disadvantage or put me at a disadvantage? Because I'm not gonna vote for someone like that. I'm not gonna vote for someone who calls me a super predator and then 20, 30 years later says, oh, no, I'm with you. No, I love you. No, are you flipping the script now? <laughs> you think I forgot? Nah, that's not how it goes. So when we talk about the lesser of two evils, I don't see it that way. I see you are, you're voting for one evil or another. I don't like my choices. I'm out. I'm out. If Bernie was running, ooh, if Bernie had the seat, now nah, that's a different that's a different story. But they don't want you know what? They, they put everything down to keep my man down. Yes. But this is why I don't believe in the system. The system is just is screwed Correct. up. The social yes. political system is screwed up because everyone knows Bernie was the was the man of the people. Bernie was the guy that was trying to get things done. I didn't agree with everything that he was doing, but I understood what, what he represented. And I that's someone I would be willing to tie my name to. And when I saw him lose to Joe Biden, Joe Biden, I was like, yeah, this this is, they played this man. They played this really man. really did. Hillary, I could have understood. 
But you losing to Joe, man. They really set him up, though, for the Super Tuesday in in, uh, in March. They set my man up for failure, man. Everybody backed out right when the big election was happening, and Joe just swooped in and got the nomination. I was, I was pretty pissed about that because I was like, California finally voted for him. I'm glad. And then everyone else is like, nah, we don't care. We want my, we want, we want Joe Biden, especially in the, uh, in the southern states. We want Joe Biden because he was Obama's vice president. Nah, that's not the way it should work. That's not how it should be. You should want the president because they instill in your values. And that man is going to keep the same old system running the same old way. And the thing about Trump, that's funny though, that, that he is, the, even though I don't like Trump, the thing about him is that he technically is not really a part of the system. He mm. does whatever he wants to do. He can flip his switch sometimes, say, and you can see that in his tweets. Sometimes he's like, yeah, I'm for this, and then the Republicans all talk to him, and they're like, and he's like, oh, actually, actually, I'm against it, I'm against it. Like, he flip-flops so often, and it's ba- and he doesn't really care about whoever, who, uh, what other people say most of the time. It's, he does what he wants to do. And right. it's basically the same thing of him in business is the same thing that he's in government. He's the you're fired guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not any different in The Apprentice, and it's not any different here in the White House. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this lets me know that there's people controlling the, the government, people controlling the United States that are undercover, people we don't even know about. Because this don't make sense. Listen, we thought the world was about to burn down when Trump was in office. That's what they said, right? You know, oh my gosh, our democracy is at risk. You know, he's he's this and he's that. He's going to he's going to reenact slavery, isn't he? He's going to do all these things. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, like y'all think the world is just going and because we put one man in office. No, this is a different animal over here. If we truly believe in our democracy, then we know that the be all and end all doesn't start and begin with uh, one person. And when, you know, when I look at it, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that um, and I'm, maybe I'm looking at this selfishly, but. You know, for an example, when Obama became president, my life didn't change. I was a kid at the time, but my life didn't change. It didn't become better. It didn't become worse. When he got reelected, my life didn't change. It didn't become better and it didn't become worse. And when Trump got elected, my life didn't change. It didn't get better or worse because of who was in office, you know? So when people were like, ooh, he's so bad. He's so this, he's so that. I'm like, well, why do people fear him so much? Why do people? Because we've always had racists. We've always had bigots. We've always had, you know, people yeah, who are problematic. The only, yeah, but that's the thing. The mm-hmm. I I like it when the people that I associate with or the people that I don't like show me exactly who they are. are they show you're showing me exactly. Grab them by, grab them by the, you know, you know, you yeah, show me who true. you are. That's my, you know, that one where he said, that's my African-American. You know, oh, look at him. Damn, you know, look at him. That's, you know, I know what you're about. I know what you're about. Let's not play. But when I have someone, you know, this is why I don't like Hillary Clinton. I don't like Trump. I don't like Clinton. I like them. Dif- I dislike them differently. But, you know, I don't mm-hmm. like Hillary Clinton more vocally because she pretended. She, she pretends. She says that she's with us. She says that she's this and that. Meanwhile, she's just power hungry. She wanted to be the first female president, and you lost. You lost. Listen, and hold on, and that goes back to Hillary Clinton. You mm-hmm. lost to a black man and a man who has no political experience, bruh. Give it up. <laughs> Give it up. 
That, that. I mean, she did give it up. You see where she's at right now? Yeah. No, nothing. We don't talk about her no more. And I don't want to hear nothing from her ever again. <laughs> How you do that? How you lose to a black man? And you lose to a guy with no political experience, bro? Like, what is that? What is that? And, you know, when I look at the future of what's going on, I, I caught it back. If you look, it's on my Twitter. I caught it back in 2018. Trump is going to get reelected in a landslide. He's going to get reelected in a landslide. And it's not even going to be close. Oh, I'm telling you, think you that. it's going to be a landslide? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. How? Wait. In the in the Electoral College or in the popular vote? It don't matter. I feel like, it don't matter. I feel like he might win the popular vote again. No, sorry. I feel like Joe might win the popular vote by less, though, but the Electoral College will still elect Trump. You, you I, I disagree. I think he. I think he's going to win the popular vote. The margin wow. isn't going to be too wide, but I think the electoral college vote will. It'll be. It won't even be close. I honestly oh, believe shit. that. And let me tell you why. We're we're look. The problem is that people from the left are looking at it from their perspective. They're seeing all the atrocities that the atrocities that he's done and all the bad things that he's done, and they're broadcasting it every single day. You go on. You go on CNN. Trump is on there nonstop. You go on MSNBC, he's on there nonstop. Okay, and if I'm a guy who aligns myself either in the middle or on the right, then I'm going to see you as like, okay, what has he done that's so bad that's like really changed this whole country? You are just crazy. You are just crazy. I'm a, you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't sure before, but now I know I can vote for him because I've had a taste of what it's like for four years. And, you know, I've had certain tax, tax breaks as a business owner. You know, he's released a lot of regulations so that I can succeed. And you know what? When, when the whole shutdown thing happened, he gave me $1,200. I don't know. Sounds pretty good <laughs> to me. Sounds pretty good. And if I'm, if I'm someone who's in the middle and I'm looking at my other option, who is Joe Biden, who can't remember. Uh, we hold these truth to be the old self-evident. And he's touching on groping on little girls and stuff like that. Like, why would I vote for him? What has he done for me lately? Trump put twelve hundred dollars in my pocket. Trump was, you know, and I'm I'm playing devil's advocate. I am not voting for Trump. I've already said that, but I don't want somebody to listen to this and be like. <laughs> I'm a nobody supporter. No, no, no. I get I'm you though, because but... yo, honestly, when I honestly in 2017, when the, the companies got a tax break, I got four hundred dollars from Best Buy and a bonus. When the coronavirus shut down and I got furloughed, uh the Republicans gave me a um a six hundred dollar extra in my unemployment. So honestly, <laughs> that was more than what I got under Obama, even though technically I was still a kid too. So shoot. And you want to tell me that there ain't going to be people that who have been on the fence that decide, oh, that Trump side not looking too bad. These Democrats just sound a little crazy and they don't they don't even have a good candidate and their best candidate. They didn't even give them a chance. Oh, sound like Trump ain't too bad. Let's make America great again. And that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's truly unfortunate. But, you know, that's what happens when you have an agenda. Sometimes it crumbles. And the Democrats clearly had an agenda and it didn't involve real change and it didn't involve Bernie and it didn't involve, you know, it didn't involve the people, it involved, you know, the control. So Trump's going to win in a landslide, you know, it's going to be a land. It's not going to be close. It's not going to be close. Mm-hmm. I would say another thing too, is that not only do they align so much with the, with the differentiating like beliefs, 
but they all technically fall under the corporate umbrella. Like that, it's like it's like yeah, there's there's still businesses that are paying them, you know, under the table. There's still businesses saying, hey, yo, like give me a break. Or like they're technically all under the same, you know, uh, rich people like America corporations thing. Yeah. Even though they have differing values. Um, but there's another thing that I I do also believe that Trump will win, unfortunately. But I mean, there's no other candidates that I would fully support either. So I mean, it's it's just, I mean I just don't really. The one thing that I technically don't like about Trump is that even though he speaks his mind, a lot of his hateful rhetoric is echoed by his supporters, is echoed by the people, right. the silent majority, the people that are. So it's causing more of a cultural a cultural change than more of like a than like a physical change. You know, like people's mindsets are more divisive than they used to be. Um, but following that point. I think that the the Democrats will win the Senate this year. So it won't even matter if Trump's elected. Because if the Democrats control all of Congress, both chambers, the House of, House of Representatives and the Senate, there's nothing that Trump will be able to, there's nothing that the Republicans will be able to get, you know, passed. So and That's what happened to Obama in his second term. Mm-hmm. When he was trying to get so, things done and they were like, yeah, yeah nah. Nope. <laughs> so, you know, 2010 really like, hurt though. He had two years, two years, and it, it's yeah. tough. But it happens, man. It happens. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not. Too, I'm not too worried about things going forward. I think things are just, you know, maybe something big will happen. Uh, maybe it won't. Maybe we just all need to like come together and sing Kumbaya. I don't know, but. I, you know, the world has a way of like restoring itself back to a neutral state. Natural order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I'm not too like I'm not too worried about everything going on because when I hear like my our young friends in their early twenties talk about toppling the system and bringing capitalism down to its knees and all that stuff, it's like okay, all right, listen. If it weren't for capitalism, you wouldn't be having your shiny iPhone and your nice little car, and your nice little MacBook. Shut up. Yup. You sound mm-hmm. stupid. You sound stupid. <laughs> and I don't even care if I'm insulting them. You sound stupid. Everything that you have right now, Miss Middle Class, Mr. Middle Class, that's a direct result from, from capitalism. Capitalism is a great system, and it leaves people behind, unfortunately, and it boosts people way up higher. But it's up to us to finesse the system, not fight the system. And if you truly want change, Become one of these people who accumulate wealth. Become one of these people that acquire assets and then make that change. But don't don't be one of these people who are just, it's so hard to climb. It's so hard to do this. It's so hard to do that. Shut up. Everything worth anything, anything worth anything worth anything is going to be hard to do. This, this, ain't, this ain't easy. And I challenge people if they're going about things in, in the smartest way or if they're just doing it in the way that they've always been told. So, I mean, you you go to college, yeah? Yeah, you just graduated, right? Congratulations. Nah, unfortunately, no? I, got, no, I got one more year to go, though. Oh, it's all man. good. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you about to be finished. <laughs> I will be. You, yeah, you about to be finished. <laughs> and I know I, I had a few friends that graduated this year, and I want, I want to be clear, there's no shade on people who go to college. I think it's a very honorable thing to do, especially when – um, it's like they are the first people in their family to do it or whatever. And I think that's amazing. But when I keep hearing how expensive college is and when I keep hearing, ooh, college should be cheaper, college should this, college should that, I'm like, 
you know nobody's forcing you to go though, right? <laughs> like nobody's <laughs> holding a gun to your head and saying, You better go to college, here's your here's your debt. Um Well they they wanna work their way up easier. Okay, then you, okay, then you're not working capitalism. <laughs> to me to me, like if you if you really want success without all that debt, you'll figure out a different way. Because in today's day and age, you can get a super amazing education from the internet. You know, YouTube and Google are fantastic. And you can figure out how to do these things. You can figure out how to talk to people, whatever, whatever you need to do. And you can find success in a route that doesn't require college education. I think people go to education because they've always been told to do that. They were pressured by their parents. And then when they get there, they realize, oh man, this sucks. I have my degree, now where's my job? Yeah. <laughs> I have my degree, now where's my job? And sadly, it's not that simple. It is, this isn't 1985, this isn't 1960, when you have a degree and that directly meant you probably you get a job. Nah, mm-hmm. everybody's got a degree now. In fact, bruh, there, there's been times where I work a job, I'm making more than somebody and they got a degree, like a serious degree. I'm like, tough, oh, yeah. how did this happen? This is, this is crazy. So when we talk about how unfair things are, okay, understand that everything that you are doing, you are making a choice on, on your own. If you choose to go 40, 50, 60, 80, $100,000 in debt from college tuition, that's your choice. If you choose to get a decent car, that, that's pretty expensive, that's your choice. If you walk into a mortgage, that's your choice and you will have to pay the price eventually. So I don't listen to people who are just like, oh, this is so hard. This is this and this and that. It's like you made your decision. You made your decision. Okay, live by it. Um, I was I was admittedly very bitter after high school because I was like, man, I wish I was in college. I wish I was getting that experience. I wish I was going to university. But now I look at it as a blessing because I found myself. Um, I'm going to JP, going to community college. I'm still learning. It's not, you know, it's I admittedly it's no university. I don't really like it too much, but I'm still getting the education. It's a lot cheaper. Like I, got, I ain't got mm-hmm. debt. I ain't have college debt, and I will move forward not having college debt because not now. Once I finish up and I transfer to university, I will have enough money saved to just pay Save. it outright. You know, yep. finesse the system. Right after high school, everyone just went to college, and now I know people who are sad, people who are depressed, people who don't know what they're doing, and people who are in debt. And I'm like, you just did what you were told. You didn't have a presence of mind to think on certain. And I try not to berate people about that, but um, you cannot be upset at the system for you. For you cannot be mad that the system finessed you. The, there's groundwork out there. There's 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 information out there. Figure out how to finesse the system. But, I don't know. I guess you know that little piece of paper in a cap of gown is worth sixty thousand dollars. So what do I know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank god it ain't 60 for me and study but yeah i'm still gonna be in debt after i get out of here though but it's okay my goal is once we find a job we live at home save money live better walmart pay off that debt first year hopefully hopefully i mean it's 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 a really it's a really you know <laughs> it's a goal i would like to achieve but most of the time you know we straight out we got a good job we're like oh we're gonna buy some fancy shoes or a tv or like this and that you know there's a lot of people saying that capitalism is bad like okay i get the bad aspects of capitalism but are you willing to give up what capitalism brings 
to your life. Hell no. Like, like you said. So, yeah, a lot of people are like that. So, you know, it's like, I think a good mix is, is good of, you know, of, social, of socialism, of democratic socialism. And capitalism, like you got to find that good mix, and and there's a few countries out there that have a good mix, but it's tough to achieve, you know. And America at, at this size—that's the main thing that people say. Scale. America at this size, yeah, at this scale, it's kind of hard to implement. Like UBI, what Andrew Yang was, you know, was really promoting. Mm. It'll be really hard to implement at this scale. I, I, I don't know. Maybe we can make it do. You know, there's a lot of things that we say we can't do, but we can actually do. You know, they didn't. If they done it in Alaska. Maybe we could do it in other states, you know, who knows? But we just have to wait and see what life brings us. Man, we're about to reach the hour time. Um, if you just want to um, really, like, promote yourself for a little bit and s- tell the people what you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, with my social handle, AJ.ONO, I do photography. Um, I'm actually about to get into a lot of different medias. I'll be starting a, a podcast. I'm actually going to be starting a couple of po- podcasts. I recorded a couple episodes with my with my friend, Carmen Marlowe. And uh, the podcast is called The Messy Corner Podcast, where it's just, you know, a couple couple black kids just talking it up, chopping it up, just talking about whatever our life is about. And it's not centered towards, you know, the black experience or anything. It's just, we're just talking. We're just talking. And sometimes we'll just talk about real things and other times we'll just talk to shit. Um, and I'm going to be doing more things too. So check me out, AJ.ono on Instagram. I ain't on that Twitter. So don't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> man, yep, for sure, man. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast again, man. I really appreciate it. Um, usually we go live on, uh, oh, my bad. Usually we go live on Mondays and Thursdays between 3 and 7 p.m. when we got people on here. And it's usually posted on Apple Music, Spotify, any of your favorite podcasting platforms on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, and then in video form on YouTube. Um, if you guys want to reach out to us, go ahead and email us at itscoronatime at 91btv.com. And like I said, it's been a pleasure. Um, You guys have a great rest of your day. Peace.